This is alphageekradio.com. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Today on Casually Hardcore, somebody woke up the force. I see a Friday and I want to paint it black. Supernatural is coming to Phoenix and there's nothing Gnomewise can do to stop it. Damn it. Christmas is manly. No, really. Phone Tendo. Esports is all grown up and not necessarily in a good way. World of Wizard Chores. And as always, that and so much television to talk about, starting with the uh, series finale for Doctor Who. I think they call it series, right? Yes, but let's play the intro instead, shall we? Yeah! Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals are here, and we are taking control of the airways. This is Casually Hardcore, live on alphageekradio.com. For Sunday, the 30-erd, if I'm to go by my spreadsheet uh, of November 2014, <laughs> this is Casually Hardcore, and I am gnomewise. I am Daxa. And I'm Grail. Welcome. Yes, my inner grammar Nazi is is loving it. <laughs> well, there's this handy feature on Google Spreadsheets that allows you to duplicate. Ah. <laughs> and then you just kind of overwrite the date, and I didn't really pay attention to what was that. <laughs> to the erd, 30-erd. erd Went from 23rd to the 30-erd. Yeah. That's because English is weird and inconsistent. I don't know. It almost has like a Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth feel to it. <laughs> I turn 11 today. Yes. <laughs> the orcs attacked on the 30-erd. <laughs> <laughs> Look for my coming on the 30-erd of November. Right. It's the 30-erd age. <laughs> okay. All righty then. Rails off of already. Yep. Right. All right. So... Television up front first. Okay. Yeah. And you guys have seen the conclusion of the two-part extra-long uh, se- season finale of Doctor Who, um, Death in Heaven, mm-hmm. which ominous-sounding name and, and does tie into the breadcrumbs that the writers have been leaving, leading us with all season with Missy up in and Welcome to Heaven. Uh, from the very first Capaldi episode through to now. And, yeah. Um, there's got to be more direct ways to get what you want, Master. And I think you know, when you've lived as long as you have, you would have realized that the circuit... I mean, if anyone is going to write the real When I'm an Evil Overlord manual, you'd think it would be an evil Time Lord who has the luxury of screwing up repeatedly and starting over and doing it right the next time. 
Yeah. But not but so much. She's crazy. He's crazy. It's crazy. They Whatever. are crazy. They are crazy. I guess that's the only thing you can do to excuse this circuitous, weird, lots of holes in it plot that the mistress has come up with to just take over Earth with Cybermen? Well, I don't even know if it was to take over Earth. I mean, really, it was just kind of... I mean, she says it was a birthday present for the doctor, right? That's what was her ultimate goal, to try to maybe turn him so they could cruise the time stream together or... Well, it's kind of an inch. To me, it was a flip flop of what we saw when Tenet, the the 10th Doctor, first encountered the Master and their interactions. Basically, the Master was crazy and was doing all these insane things to either take over the world or just kill everybody. And Tenet was really trying to keep his, the only other link he had to Gallifrey alive. Right. And then at the ultimate end of that, he, he wanted him to regenerate and the master refused right. simply to spite the doctor. Right. Right. So now we have the flip flop where the master seems or mistress seems to be the one craving a connection to the doctor. It's a very weird way of going about it. She's yeah. basically trying to get him to say, look, we're, we're kind of the same and here. I'm giving you now what you need to go across the universe and set all the wrongs right. And what you really always needed was a force behind you that can come in and basically decide these things. Uh, And then the doctor, of course, rejects that and goes, no, I actually have everything I need. I I just need, you know, my companions and their, their bond to me as well as to each other. Um, But it was, but he kind of rejects it because, you know, as the, the, ending progresses you see clara trying to like like this master or mistress person needs to go and the doctor goes no i'll do it and he seems to have lost all desire to keep that one link to gallifrey alive mainly i would think because he knows gallifrey still exists yeah um, so what you have is almost this reversal where Missy's the one trying to get a connection to the doctor in an insane way. But still, that was the whole point of the plan was to basically say, look, we're basically after the same thing. And if anything, I think, you know, you might make better use of the world domination uh, strategy than I would because I know I'm crazy. <laughs> yep. The whole if he could be turned, he could be a great asset to the dark side. Sort of. I mean, but it's even funny earlier in the episode where uh, they have Missy chained up and they he makes mention. He goes, oh, you know, you've been trying to take over the world so long. Um, yeah, I'm the president now of the whole world. He's basically <laughs> not so hard. Yeah, not so not hard so to hard. do. <laughs> so, I mean, the, both of them, you know, I mean, it was trying to bring a lot of parallels between the two and to show, you know, good and evil are just a notch uh, apart from each other, especially with the entire theme of the season being, is the doctor even a really a good guy or is he just a clinical, you know, detached person who makes greater good choices at the expense of, you know, lesser and I, I suppose this could have been their effort to give him his crucible moment of, okay, here's your chance. You choose to be the good man or go, you know, wield your power, you know, you impose your right. will on others. Right. Um, Especially with him making the choice for the greater good right before that with what he does with Danny. 
and choosing to uh, suppress his emotions in order to gain a basically a tactical advantage to figure out what's going on. Yeah, but he chose to let someone else do it for well, him. Yeah. That was a bit of a cowardly move in my in my view. Well, he decided he didn't want to do it, but he wasn't going to stop Clara from from doing, doing it. it. Like any good leader would, he de- yeah. he delegated it. Mm-hmm. This is a he delegated theme. the hard stuff. Well, this is a callback. This is not a new theme for them because they had. You know, Davros's whole take of on the Doctor was you you don't dirty your hands. You take regular people and you turn them into weapons. Sure. Right. Um, so this is you know they're dusting off that idea to a, an extent. They've been dressing it up as the general and his lieutenants um, framework, just because Danny you know, was coming from a military background. So that's the the terminology they've been using this season for that. But it's the same idea of yeah he right. acts through others so he doesn't have to. Uh, necessarily get his hands dirty. Well, Typical it's, officer. It's yeah. in the theme because, I mean, before this, especially with 10 and 11, it was kind of like, you know, people would die and they go, oh, that was that sucked, and but we've resolved it in the end and kind of moved on. Like, there was never the constant questioning that you've had in this run, especially with this doctor, of saying, you know, uh, you just let a lot of people, a lot of people just died, and a lot of people, you know, have had traumatic experiences, and granted, you saved us in the end, but at the same time, you know, you they're always bringing that thought of, well, would this have even happened if you hadn't been around? Yeah. And they had the fan service moment um, of the nod to Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart yeah. um, from the old series, who they had intended to uh, bring back for a cameo, but he passed away sadly before they could do that. Mm-hmm. So they found a way to uh, give a nod to the character without the actor actually being able to be there because, hey, it was in a cyber suit. Exactly. Right, right. Um, you don't know who was in there. And <laughs> there was the fun bit of the doctor misjudging or making an assumption about um, how Danny would behave right. and getting it wrong because he assumed Danny would discover that he had one free pass back to life and he assumed that he would use it on himself and instead he passes it on to the innocent boy he killed in Afghanistan. Right. And then there's the whole weird scene where Clara doesn't own up to that. Yeah. Right. Well, they both lie well, they to both each other. lie. Yeah, about different things. About right. different things, Doctors but in order for the other one to be happy, right. to think that parting ways is going to be good for both of them because, hey, now the Doctor has Gallifrey and she's got Danny and everything's going to be kittens and rainbows. Yeah. And not so much. So, yeah, the, and the, not so the, much. The, ser- the series does end on kind of a bummer note. Yeah. yeah. Um, hopefully they'll have a, a little bit of... Uh, Fun and joy for the Christmas special. Uh, no kidding. I mean, I would. I think they they need to kind of. I mean, they've left it there, but I think the Christmas special would be maybe where they can get both of them into a little bit better of a place with each other before you know ultimately parting ways. Yeah. Um, and from the IRC, uh, the Barry Von Awesome, our IRC Ripney producer, says delegating my hard stuff is the name of his erotic fiction ebook. Okay, yeah, then. Yeah, okay, then. You have um, too much time on your hands, Barry. Uh, but the doctor does delegate the hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, and they did the, you know, kind of goofy MacGuffin at the beginning with Clara kind of doing the, oh, I'm really the doctor, which, I don't know, that whole thing was a little silly to me, but whatever. I mean, it served the purpose of basically setting up Danny to be like, oh, yeah, you definitely are good at lying. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's for sure. So, um, but I, I'm going to have to hand it to Missy, though. The actress who played Missy was amazing. She did a fabulous job as the crazy Time Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Especially her scene it. when she's breaking out of the cuffs and yes. kind of threatening the girl, telling her she's going to kill her, but then constantly changing you know, how she was interacting with her mm-hmm. on that. Say um, something nice. Yeah. This, that's just between us girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not creepy at all. Oh. So well done. I mean, and at the end, I think you're you pretty much know that she didn't get killed. She got. Oh, yeah. That was since. not a everyone else was red when they right. died. And, and hers they was blue. They, blew, they were blue. Yeah. So. Durr. Durr. <laughs> Durr. Um, so. so, yeah, I mean, this is the bad guys who will never die. They always, all, I mean, no. The last time we saw the master, he was going to certain death battling Rassilon and pushing Gallifrey back into uh, the yeah. time war. And, and I, certain yeah. death every single time. He, he has been actually dead and then he's been resurrected by his wife. So uh, whatever. Right. Yes. I just work here. It doesn't um, end. It, it <laughs> they end. never really die. No. I mean, I would. My only, I guess, downside, and I think we talked about this last week, was I'd like to see the Cybermen get back into being more of a threat yeah. <laughs> than like, oh, yeah, Cybermen are now just kind of the henchmen that I can employ whenever I want. Pretty much, like, yeah. Like, well, that's kind of I weak, mean, they were but... truly threatening in Nightmare and Silver. Yeah. Um, along with, and they even made uh, Warwick Davis's character interesting, which was a bit of a stretch. Yes. It was an annoying, the little kids are there with them episode, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. But uh, they were truly the unstoppable menace that they used to be played up to be. And then they walked away from that again. So kind of make up your minds, guys. Yeah, yeah. They're either the Borg or they're not. Come on. Right, right. Figure it out. We are Borg. You will be... Ooh, donuts. Yeah. <laughs> so we had no Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They're on a two-week break, I believe. That's right. Um, so... Nothing to talk about there. No. I mean, I guess we, I think we covered the newest, the most recent episode somewhat last week, anyways. Yeah. So I think we're it, good. It's, yeah, it's essentially Ward, uh, the Ward story progressing. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, and the apparent resolution of, of who was the more evil one uh, when they were children between him and his brother. Correct. Yeah. Who he promptly kills. Along with his parents. Along with his parents. <laughs> well, yeah, you might as well get all three so, of them at once, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's just putting putting his entire efficiency. childhood in in a grave all at once and burning it all down, and and of course, tricks his brother into the uh, the recorded confession about um, how he was the one who was 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 behind the torture of their younger brother, um, and then got it leaked to the media as his suicide note. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So Ward's got issues, I think, is the summary of that episode. Yeah. Just a schmidge. They started a while ago, though. Yeah. They just, they're just, they're putting, I think they're putting the definitive icing on Ward ain't coming back. No. Any, anyone who's looking for him to redeem and become a regular good guy should look elsewhere for that because he is, he is off the reservation. He is a serial killing. Mentally unbalanced, uh, absolutely right in his own mind, um, but truly bent. So I think he's, gonna, he's being set up as a as a big bad. 
Yeah, I mean, that's uh, originally I thought they might try to incorporate him. Again, we've talked about, you know, Joss Whedon's previous experiences of breaking apart the team and then somehow cobbling them back together. Uh, in this case, though, it it feels like he's just completely breaking bad and we're just seeing him progress more and more down the yeah, road. Yeah, but he's yeah. done that. He's done it with several characters where they've just been so bad that you thought there was zero redemption and he's gotten them back together. He did that with Angel. He did that with Spike. Well, so he's, yeah, but Spike was always amusing, even when he yes. was bad. Right? Okay, but so, he did do it with Angel. Yeah, but, but Angel, that's that's in a fantasy world where you know there's magic that would make him bad, and you could demonstrate. Okay, the magic has been reversed, and he's good Angel again. That, sure, this is not sure. that universe. Yeah, but there could have been something <laughs> until Doctor Strange gets released. Exactly, we can have true, magic true that. that does that. <laughs> but there could be something in the background that we don't know about that gets revealed, where you, the character becomes more sympathetic in your life, and you understand where he's coming from. We'll it's, see. for example, it's like the in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. with um, Jamie Jamie Lannister. I mean, you hate the man's guts at yep. the beginning, yep. and towards the end, you're like, oh, okay. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. So you don't hate him as much. You see the story from his perspective. Correct. Right. That, that's when I knew I was reading a truly gifted author in George R. R. Martin. When he was able to bring me around to be at least sympathetic and interested in the story of a character he initially made me loathe. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's when I, mm-hmm. that's when I really knew, okay, clearly something is going on with this author because that's not a trivial thing to do. No. Um, yeah. He rolled the dice a second time with Cersei and didn't quite hit the same mark, though, for yeah. me. <laughs> no, no, she's still evil. Yeah. But um, th- that could be something that they might be doing with Ward. You never know. I mean, possibility. It's there. We shall see. And again, if they pull that off, kudos Fantastic. to them. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right now, they're they're... Uh, ratings are hurting because I think I think people were really happy and when the ratings were high at the beginning of the series of the season with uh, yay there's there's superheroes and super beings in our superhero show and then they after two episodes they stopped doing that right right they turned it back into the spy you right know, and, and now it's been the ward spy. show uh, the the ward and and you know tidbits of information about Sky's dad show yeah. Um, so and I get, I'm betting you know I'm I'm bought in on it so I'm still interested but I think the the large mass of the viewing public is like meh, right right and, mm-hmm. and it shows in the ratings so uh, I hope they got some stuff to pull out to, to get people back because we may not see the end of this one. Yep. Uh, oh yeah. Speaking of which, just a little tangent here from Twitter. Um, got from Siberian show discussion suggestion Gotham. I know it's Fox, but it's really good. No. As stated previously on this very show, we are boycotting Gotham. Yeah. It may be very good, but the fact remains it is, in fact, on a Fox. Fox show. Yeah. And we have trust issues with Fox, and I think those right. trust issues are well justified. Yeah. You just wrote down, I have trust issues. <laughs> I have been trust issues. Many shows on Fox that have been very good. <laughs> yes, yes. We can, we, we can go down the list of canceled genre shows going all the way back to Space Above and Beyond and forward from there, right. where they just don't know how to market it. Now, they seem to not be doing their old tricks of reordering the episode airing. Yeah, um, there seems to be a little less meddling, or at least less, uh, less apparent meddling, from the executive level on Gotham. So 
you know, halfway through season two, if we get that far, if reports are still favorable that, hey, this show is really good, then I will binge watch and catch up. Absolutely. But don't ask again until that happens because (laughs) Grail made the case very clearly to me and then made complete sense the moment you said it. No, I'm boycotting it because Mm -hmm. why should I trust them? Yeah. It could be the greatest thing ever, but if I don't get to see the end of the damn story, it's just going to piss me off more if it's great. True. So we're we're gonna, we're doing the big old wait and see on things on genre shows on Fox are just it's it's, it's a the wound is still fresh it, the, the, exactly. it's too fresh it's too fresh Almost but we're win. still oh. going to pick some new shows to talk yeah. about while those yes. are on hiatus so, so it'll definitely be something we'll talk about it just won't be Gotham unfortunately mm-hmm. so Constantine is a possibility Arrow Flash possibilities I mean Constantine and. Walking Dead is unlikely for me because I've never watched that show. Okay. Okay. I am, as of yesterday, caught up on Flash. Oh, nice. Um, I'm hoping that they have a long-term plan because the the mysteries and things they're holding out uh, that are kind of motivating the show and the viewer right now are going to be short-term or have to be short-term. And I hope they don't fall victim to to the lost syndrome where... Mm. They didn't they, know they, what they were going to do. Right past a- after past a, past a certain reveal, they may not have a plan. Um, I'm yeah. hoping they have a longer term plan because it's absolutely possible to have a big reveal and then continue the story. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm feeling a little nervous that they may have gone okay, and then we'll reveal you know what the yellow blur was that that killed his right. mom and his dad will get out of prison, and then now what? <laughs> well, at that point, in theory, you transition to data mining all the great flash stories over the years sure and adapting Mm -hmm. them to this guy you have to do that very carefully because if you've groomed your audience to tune in because they want answers to mysteries that attracts a certain kind of viewer and if you transition them to the okay now we're an adventure of the week serial right you may lose people and say well no there's no big mystery that i'm trying to solve then i'm out of here and that, that can be a painful um, and, and destructive transition. It's killed shows before. Yeah. They Twin definitely peaks. need to get an idea of what their thematically, what their theme is going to be for right. uh, for Flash as a whole. Right. Um, and that's something like on Arrow where basically the theme is how can we kick the crap out of Oliver Queen for a season. Right. Pretty much. And ruin him both mentally and physically and then get to some sort of resolution. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are you, have you watched any of this uh, season at all? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. watched up through, I think, like the first three or four episodes. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so it's far enough in the past we can, we can talk about the intro into yeah. this season where you know, we, we thought we had – um, Black Canary, you know, as a mm-hmm. character already. Mm-hmm. In the, you know, she was a big mystery from the earlier seasons of, oh, wow, the, the, you know, Sarah didn't die and the League of Assassins got her and now she's a super killer wearing a really bad wig. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ugh, I couldn't stand it. Um, they, were, they, they went a little too on the nose with her costume from the comics. It was exactly her costume from the comics. Is that bad? In this case, it does because it's completely impractical and looks out of place. You look at what they've given Oliver, and that's basically leathers and a cowl. Mm -hmm. And it looks like it could be completely practical. 
and Arsenal is basically the red version of that. Her with the 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 weird mask and the kind of the, the fur lining just it doesn't. Why are you doing? Why are you wearing that? It doesn't say um, you know super ninja assassin to me. It says <laughs> skank. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I had a hard time with Black Canary, but and this being all you know two weeks past and we are in we are past the Gilligan period um, we basically opened the series with her death at the hands of we don't know whom we don't know who yeah and all we know is it was an archer because yep. there were arrows involved um, and we have a lot of archers to choose from because we have Malcolm Merlin that we know is alive we have Arsenal mm-hmm. we have Oliver mm-hmm. uh, we've, we've had other guest you know guest star archers come through at yeah. various points the whole um, League of Shadows yes. seems to really love arrows. Yeah, yeah. So that's the big question so far. Um, you know, the big mystery that is who killed Black Canary, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then we have uh, what's the other sister's name? Um, the Milk Toast Laurel. Laurel. No, Laurel, no, Laurel and uh, Oliver's sister. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, um, I can't think of her name. Yeah, I'm drawing completely blank. It's just probably because I find her so annoying. Um, yeah. I found Laurel annoying. I find yeah. Laurel annoying for different reasons. She's um, terrible. I'm hoping that they <laughs> take these people interesting. So they've, they've, and maybe part of why I'm struggling a little bit with this season is it is becoming centric on those two characters in lots of ways. Oliver's Thea. sister, Thea. Thank Thea. you, Thea. Thea and Laurel, who were weak characters in my mind. Are going are needing to carry the story more forward as they because they're becoming movers and shakers in the storyline or they're, mm-hmm. they're they're moving that direction. Um, Thea's story is interesting in that you know she's learned the secret of her parentage and is kind of coming term to terms with that and has gone a little dark side on it. I think they they broke her down appropriately uh, with, where they left her end of last season very vulnerable very shattered her world very torn up she'd be in a very position to look for a figure of authority in not merely a father figure, but a father. Someone strong, yeah. too. Right. And someone who's very strong and very committed, very crazy, but mm-hmm. in, in that absolutely certain of his own correctness kind of a way, which John Barrowman pulls off really well in this role. So well. Yeah. He, I mean, and coming from a strong character like Captain Jack, he's doing a really good job as an actor selling me in the role that he's in here, which is radically different from oh, yeah. where I knew him from. Oh, so absolutely. Props to him for really owning the, the Merlin character. Um, and he's one of those, one of those I was, I was you know, not at all sad to see come back from the dead. Oh, no. Um, and whoever dies in these comic shows. But yeah. um, So they've got their pieces on the board, and I'm, I'm hoping for good continuing execution. So I'm kind of leaning towards the... Um, let's do the whole CW roundup thing. So we'll do you know we'll, Arrow and uh, Arrow and Flash talk to uh, take the place of Doctor Who. That'll we'll, that way we'll give equal time to DC and Marvel each week. There we go. There you go. Sounds good. And then if if you know ask us in a year and a half, and maybe Gotham will tip the scales in favor of DC. Possibly, hey. you never dun, know. Dun, dun. But by then, hopefully, we'll be watching the Netflix originals of the uh, Hell's Kitchen stuff and be right. loving that. So we shall see. So I will endeavor to get caught up, or at least get you know two weeks ago caught yeah. up yeah. on uh, 
Arrow. I keep wanting to say Archer. Archer. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's a very, very different thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that will be our, our TV talk uh, going forward. Cool. Sounds good. In the land of uh, nerdgasms, mm. we had our uh, Star Wars Episode Seven. Yes. Oh, the Force Awakens. Oh, and the Force stretches will be Episode Eight. <laughs> Uh, well, you didn't sound very excited. And, and you said then more well, like, it's, it's, it's the Force Awakening. You know, it's waking up, man. And episode nine will be the Force Gets Coffee. So right. <laughs> we have the official <laughs> teaser trailer, which in and of itself is wonderful. Uh, mm-hmm. it's got, it says a lot of things about the sensibilities of the people who are at the helm now of Abrams and Company, where most everything was practical. There was you know, nice, wonderfully beat-up Stormtrooper armor um, on display in the very first cut. Mm-hmm. Um, no uh, CG, same guy's face plastered on top of the you know, perfect-looking armor, because um, they're all clones, which they aren't anymore. No. Uh, we got the snippets of the newly redesigned Stormtrooper helmets and blasters and with some, some little jump shots of uh, them dropping into uh, a battle zone. Um, a nerd fan service sequence with the um, new, newly redesigned Millennium Falcon. Millennium Falcon, yeah. yeah. You can see their sexy new rectangular radar dish because the last time we saw her, she had her circular one sheared off in yeah. the uh, Battle of Endor. And X-Wings redesigned or updated, you know, 30 years later, X-Wings and X-Wing pilot uh, helmets and flight suits and such. What's interesting is when you go back and look at it, none of those shots took place in space. Right. Everything was in an atmosphere. Yeah, they were all in atmosphere. Um, The Millennium Falcon was diving around a desert planet because that's what Mm -hmm. Star Wars does. They do desert planets. And apparently there's uh, water on one because the X-Wings are skimming over the surface and shooting up big rooster tails. Um, And then the great nerd-debated item revealed uh, the Sith-style sword sword, lightsaber with crossguard. Yeah. How is that going to work? I don't know. I I, I don't care. It it looks It looks... Sweet. It Don't get awesome. me wrong. It looks amazing. Just, but just own whatever they say it does. Just believe that's what it does. Because if you just go and look at the fighting style that they've designed for lightsabers over the years, there's already a suspension of disbelief there. Because <laughs> yeah. you, well, it's you, a lightsaber, first well, of all. If, if you truly believe you have an energy blade that can cut through any matter, you know, it can be deflected by shields but cuts through matter, then they're already pretending that all these swords have cross guards anyway because all you need to do in any of these fights is just slide your blade down your opponent's blade and cut their hand off. Right. And they just don't do it because it's a really short fight. They do it, <laughs> actually, they do it one time. Obi-Wan does it to Grievous because he has four arms and so has three lightsabers to spare in the fight. So yeah. he immediately just slides straight down one of his blades and cuts off one of his robotic arms. Because they suddenly realize, oh, hey, there's no cross guards on these things. So if you're going <laughs> to nitpick you know, the fact that the, the, there have to be base emitters for the cross guard and you just slice the emitter, then you're, you're already not buying into the whole lightsaber shindig to begin with. 
Right. So it's just them, the new guys putting their stamp on it, saying, here, last time around you got the light staff. Right. Which was supposed to be a big reveal, even though everyone knew about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because if you look at how they structured the movie, they made sure that he only fought, fought in saber mode until that moment. And it's supposed to be the, oh, it's got two ends, dude. Yeah. But they, they, you're past the age when you can keep the lid on this stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yes, you are. I mean, you can yeah. consider how different the beginning of Terminator 2 would have been if you hadn't known that Arnold was playing a good Terminator. That sure. reveal in the hallway when you've got the two guys from the future and you, you assume the human acting one is the human, and they face off, and suddenly Arnold tells the kid to get behind him. It's like, what the hell just happened? If they, but you, mm-hmm. just, you can't keep a lid on that crap anymore. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is their, their wrinkle on the universe, uh, or one of the many they, they hope to introduce. I thought, well, it was, I thought it was a ton of fun, the whole, the yeah. whole yeah, teaser. Yeah, it's pretty good for what it is. I, I mean, mean, it's a minute. It's about it's a, a minute it's a teaser, long. It's yeah. not, uh, it's, yeah, it's a very, it's, it's definitely a teaser. Yeah. It teases. It teases. Doesn't give you enough info to continue, but definitely teases. No, they, they've really, they're attempting, and, and J.J. has tried this before, uh, to the point of outright lying, that, oh, yeah, no, he's not playing con. No, no. Um, but they've basically, you know, they've tried to keep story elements from the media. Mm-hmm. They basically, here's, here's the cast, so they're not hiding who they've cast to do what. Um, a lot of people are going back crap crazy because they thought the voiceover might have been Benedict or you know, Bandersnatch Cumberbund, mm-hmm. um, who's not cast in the film. It turns out it's Andy Serkis, right. who is publicly known to be cast in the film. We have no idea what he's playing, but he does the, the VO for the, uh, for the trailer. Yeah. Um, but they fed us all the things that Star Wars fans needed to see. Stormtroopers, lightsabers, TIE fighters, Millennium Falcon, X-Wings... Yeah, what, that was what, what more do you want? Point of the trailer was to come back and say, like, look, we swear we're not doing anything like the prequels. Exactly. <laughs> like, I remember all the stuff you thought was cool about four, five, and six. Well, Here let's it is. just give you little tastes of those because that's what we're going to be showing you. Um, and then, as for the the cross guard, one of the interesting theories I read is, and you know whether or not it's just rumor or if it's leaked or whatever, was that the little cross guard piece has actually come off, and the Sith use it as kind of revolving like little death daggers with using the Force to control them. See, that was something from huh. that was something from the expanded universe. There was yeah. a fighting style of levitating multiple sabers and just not using your hands at all. Right, right. And so this could be a, a riff on that of, surprise, mother effer, here comes these things shooting at your head while you were paying yeah. attention to my blade. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll be almost like, um, uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, the guy from Guardian of the Galaxy with the uh, little controlled oh, knife yeah, thing. Oh, Yondu, yeah. Hondu, yeah. Yeah, yeah Yondu and his, his arrow, which Yondu, was, was yeah. the nod to the original character design where he's an actual archer. Right. Um, and looks like an angel with blue skin. So they they moved far away from the original Yondu design, but they they gave him the arrow as as a callback to the original character from the comics. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see where that goes. They, they deliberately just say you know image, image, image. You're clearly in the used universe. They had the the one shot of a new droid design. Right. The little guy, it, it the round ball guy. Yeah, basically a rolling sphere. Uh, with an R2-D2-style head uh, floating, on floating top above of it. 
Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely different. And I mean, they have to put it in their own touches on things. Of course. So I get yeah. that and, and introduce some new stuff uh, because toys. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, there, were some, yeah. there were some nice subtle things in there. I've, I've looked at a few of the pick it apart frame by frame. They have the the one female lead character they show you know driving away on a speeder. If you look closely mm-hmm. at her goggles she has up on her helmet, they're clearly cut out and remanufactured from an old stormtrooper helmet. Oh, that's cool. She looks very Padme-ish. Very Padme-ish. Um, yeah. Which, you know, as her descendant, which she may be, mm-hmm. um, via Leia, that would make perfect sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. They had um, no shortage of fun, neat things to... Um, but it, it was the zero CG, you know, no CGI backgrounds, people in actual practical costumes, left, right, and center, basically Abrams saying... We're getting back to it, people. Be calm. Well, but I did like also the fact that they started off by the first person you see. It's like, and we're diversifying the universe a little bit. <laughs> Black man in stormtrooper armor is your lead. Yeah. And the best no. thing that Barry said, oh, so Barry and IRC was <laughs> was like, aren't you a little Black for a stormtrooper? Did anyone black for a stormtrooper. <laughs> Did anyone expect him to say we ain't found shit? Yeah, oh of yes, of course. I'm like, that's my favorite line up. from Spaceballs. Yep. Now I mean, yeah. From the and thank you, Internet Department. Oh yeah. Promptly yes. <laughs> somebody made the George Lucas special edition version of the trailer. Yeah. It was awesome. This actually made me laugh pretty it's, hard. I laughed pretty out loud on this because oh, God. they took the trailer and they did to it what George Lucas did to the original movies. He put in all time, kinds of unnecessary CGI, and it was—I mean—it was so beautifully believable that that that's what George would have done in that scene. That's what George yeah. would have done. He, the, so the guy, you know, is lighting up his. Uh, lightsaber on the snow world and oh, suddenly the suddenly the the projection of anakin skywalker uh in in ghost form is there shows <laughs> up it's just do a, a google search for episode seven trailer george lucas's special edition well not only completely this awesome anakin, not only does anakin show up but then he like ignites his lightsaber and then like it like uh darth maul the other half comes yeah. out and then another cross <laughs> yes cross, and another yes. crossbar it's yes. the best <laughs> I about fell out of my chair when that came up. Uh, I was like, oh my god! Yeah. I've seen versions of seen posters made up where they have all, lots of different doohickeys sticking off of it, a la Swiss Army knife. This yeah. is the Sith Army knife. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, so thank you, oh. Internet, for bringing us this kind of awesomeness. On the yeah. Yes, and very good. With this trailer, they're they're illustrating all the things we fear um, right. that we don't want to have happen again. It's like, George, thank you for passing the torch. And JJ, don't let us down. We, you, 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 didn't, you managed to not pee all over Star Trek. Let's see if you can treat uh, Star Wars with some reverence as well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <sighs> so in the land of uh, patents being used for what they're intended to be used for instead of trolling, um, an indica- possible indication that Nintendo may be breaking their long... Uh, boycott against any of their games playing on anything but their own hardware. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's always kind of been a Nintendo thing. Uh, we don't we don't license. We don't make software for other platforms. We and their shareholders are saying, then why not exactly when there's millions mm-hmm. to be made? 
Um, they're the apple of the game world. They, they feel yep. that they are, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, without the same sense of financial stability. Right. Um, sure. But there's been a, a patent file that indicates they may be moving into emulators for their games on mobile devices. Yeah. And, I mean, that's interesting because if anything you'd say is the strength of Nintendo, it's definitely the DS and the mobile platform. Yes. Yes. Um, so, I mean, it's interesting that they're picking their strongest probably product offering to be the one that they're looking not only mobile phones, but also includes things like the seat backs on airplanes. Right. Which, I mean, think about it. With your young child, you're taking them on a really long plane, you know, four or five hours flight. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, just think of I the, would love the, that. the back catalog of ROMs that are yeah. available. I mean, the you know, people love building main boxes and love building these 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 kind of gray area, gray market emulators for all these classic games. I would happily pay a buck a ROM to Nintendo to play legit versions on my mobile hardware. You know, oh yeah, shut up and take my money um, for nostalgia's sake, and also for those those I need a quick thing to distract my child and didn't expect to need it. Well, let's just download it off the internet, and hey, look, the ROM is really tiny, so it downloads really fast and plays and, and distracts the kid for hours, or hell, distracts me for hours when I'm unexpectedly held up while traveling. Bring it to me now. I must have it. Absolutely. So, Nintendo, good. Continue. Bring it. We will buy yeah. it. You will, you will have all the monies. Yeah, it was a good... It's a good to it's see good them suggest- trying to yeah. expand. I mean, yeah, I would love to see... You know, there's always a game or two on every console offering that they make where I go, oh, I'd really like to play that, mm-hmm. but I'm not willing to shell out, you know, two, three hundred dollars right. just to play two just games. Just play two games, exactly. It's not quite compelling enough. Yeah. All right, we're going to do our mid show break here to rest our voices and get frosty beverages. When we return, esports, yeah, kind of becoming like. This is Justin Robert Young from the Weird Things Podcast, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. We are the Double Clicks. This is my sister, Angela. I am her sister, Aubrey. This is my sister, Aubrey. (laughs) This is a song about a game we like. You're sure not tall, and you're not all that attractive, because you're a level eight dwarf, and you drink too much ale, you drink way too much ale, but you've got a nice axe, and you know how to use it, it's plus two against zombies, and the moment you set foot in this campaign, you set a magic missile on my heart, and charm person on my brain. Dungeons and Dragons, yes I like playing Dungeons and Dragons with you, yes I do, yes I like playing Dungeons and Dragons, but I want to get you out of this fantasy world, and into my fantasy, and out of this basement, and into the sun. Dungeons and Dragons, one time you saved me, by setting an oncoming horde of golems, on fire 
And one time you saved me from the mouth of a volcano Cause you can levitate, which was a very clever spell choice And I think the other players might be starting to suspect Cause you're always saving me when shit turns to heck But this is so much more than Dungeons and Dragons Yes, I like playing Dungeons and Dragons with you Yes, I do Yes, I like playing Dungeons and Dragons But I wanna get you out of this fantasy world And into my fantasy Where you could be my boyfriend And we could go out to dinner Dungeons and Dragons As we finish this battle And we slay the dragon And look around her lair for loot Like golden magic items I look around this room At all these fucking nerds And all their fucking books And their fucking dice And their primarily Windows-based computers And their Doritos Mountain Dew Everything here is disgusting but you And Dungeons and Dragons Yes, Yes, I I like playing Dungeons and Dragons with you Yes, I do Yes, I like playing Dungeons and Dragons But I want to get you out of this fantasy world And into my fantasy And into my bed Where we could have sex Dungeons and Dragons Hey, this is Veronica Belmont from Vaginal Fantasy, and you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio. The, seriously. Seriously, you guys. So uh, to summarize the summary of the summary, uh, Cupcheck email us asking, so should I do Warlords of Draenor? We referred to the Penny Arcade comment, which compared the uh, game to heroin. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's pretty much the same as it has ever been. Um, the world of wizard chores... When you are developing your garrison, you have a lots of things that reset every single day. It's basically daily quests dressed up. Um, and I'm curious to see that once people start maxing out uh, all the buildings in their garrisons and max out all their followers, if the game has anything to offer beyond that other than the same old, same old. Because um, beyond the garrison metagame, not a whole ton has changed. There's still instances. They still are planning on releasing raids later on. They have a whole zone in uh, old school Draenor that is not open to us yet. You basically you charge through it on your way into the uh, expansion, and then you don't go back yet because the uh, zone is locked for the moment. So depending hmm. on what they've got in store for us there, what they have in plan for raids, the rest of the game is not massively different. They've switched up the stats a little bit. They've simplified stats. They've taken away things like reforging. Uh, they've taken away, basically, you have one core stat that you care about and one secondary stat. But it's the same old min maxing game as it's ever been. Um, basically, Cupcheck, if you enjoy the community, mm-hmm. certainly come back. The, you know, sample the fruits of, of the garrison metagame. The storytelling is tip top excellent in this one. Lots of really well done cut scenes that, that really make you feel involved in the story, that, that'll give them massive props for. 
um, really making you care about every there's basically a, a whole story arc with beautiful quests that take you through every single zone and a zone ending cinematic for every single zone hmm. um, so story wise and for me part of the reason I left basically around the announcement of Mists of Pandaria was I didn't care about Kung Fu Panda no I don't mm. think anybody did I they were an April Fool's joke and they should have stayed an April Fool's joke um Yes, it allowed them to explore oriental themes and bring in all kinds of cultures and things we hadn't touched on before, but it wasn't Azeroth. It was stapled to Azeroth. So I didn't play the bottom quarter of uh, Cataclysm, and I wasn't on board for Kung Fu Panda. Um, so getting back, you know, what's, what has sucked me back into this is the fact that the story is being told about characters that I had investment in already. And it's the let's go back in time and see them in their heyday kind of a thing. And surprisingly, visiting Outlands again in the form of pre-destruction Draenor is actually kind of cool and fun and nostalgic. Running around and seeing recognizable landmarks and things from Burning Crusade um, had more, more mileage to it than I expected there to be. So I'm actually kind of enjoying saying, hey, I remember... Auchindoon, but this time it's not a blown-up pit of a city. It's a fully thriving city that we're trying to defend. And you're, you're basically a lot of times you're trying to stop the things from happening that destroyed Draenor the first time because they're, they're doing the Star Trek 2009 thing of alternate universe, not causality. So the things we do in this Draenor do not affect our timeline back in home. Right. Thus, they can keep both. Have their cake and eat it they, they, they have studied at the, the altar of J.J. Abrams and, and learned mightily. Yeah. Um, so if you are if you dig the lore and you dig good storytelling in your fantasy role playing game, I can definitely recommend it. At least playing it for a couple of months. And Cupcheck is now saying in the IRC, a friend of mine gave him the battle chest last night, so he's back at least for the free month that came with it. <laughs> there um, you go. I predict that. Uh, You'll you'll probably re up for at least a couple of months unless the the upcoming content releases really suck in some way. Which I, if the effort that's gone into the launch so far is any indication, they probably won't suck. So I'll be I'll be playing for maybe ninety days. I I predict before I'll drift off to something else. Well, I saw a stat that showed the the actual subscribe base got back up to ten million. Yeah, that was um, that surprised so- even them. I think. It stopped the downward slide since basically since uh, right around Cataclysm. Yeah, uh, it's sort of going down. But Mr. Pandera it really went down, and right. now they've kind of bounced back up some. No, they've, uh, they've returned to uh, near end of Wrath levels. Mm. Getting there, still a couple million shy of that. But yeah. yeah. Well, at end of Wrath, they had they had come down from their peak of twelve. Um, yeah. and we're back up to 10. So I think I, I, I think I was not alone in being drawn to, oh, good, they're telling stories in, in Azeroth that I care about again. Let me check that out. Because I hadn't intended to um, get back into WoW. And then they did a very artful job with their PR where they released the Lords of War uh, cinematics and videos on YouTube, basically telling a little vignette story describing one of the warlords of Draenor. And they were really well done, and they were really like, hey, remember those stories you really loved in this world? Let's get those hooks back into you and drag you over here and make you care again. 
Well, and, and I think the other big important thing they've done is really, you know, Burning Crusade and even Wrath Lich King were both very content meant for people that were already at the end of their content in the current one. So it was meant for high-level characters. Right. Cataclysm was a revamping of the world, which was basically redoing it so that you could take a new character through. It was a good chunk of their content. Pandera, from what I could tell, I never played it, but from what I could tell, since you're introducing a new uh, race and class, it was meant to be you know a zero or level one all the way up through. So again, a lot of their effort was put there. With this one, because they gave you the boost up to 90 yeah. to get you right into it, it was, again, back-focused on endgame content, yeah. which, uh, for a game that's been out for however many years Ten now... Ten years. Yeah, that's really where the content, I think, should be. It's the same thing you saw with EverQuest, where they kind of did a nice progression of always hitting endgame content, but when they kind of went back and said, well, let's put stuff in for new players... That's where it started dropping down because they didn't put as much focus on where the majority of their their player base was right. sitting. I mean, for a long time there, Sony was doing you know a, a smallish expansion every six months. They they, they yeah. held that for a long time, which is pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I think the boost to ninety was probably a huge part of why their subscriber base um, is back up to ten million because the ability to drop in and immediately be playing with your friends despite having sat out for an expansion or three. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Or even for people who've stayed around or, or canceled, be able to come back and hey, I've always wanted to roll a, a mage, and yeah. now's my chance. So if the, the person has been playing one class for forever or, or had played one class for a long time before they stopped, to come back and say, let's do it completely fresh with a different class, different race, maybe switch you know, factions, maybe try a PvP server, whatever. But to be up at 90 immediately is probably huge. And I, th- I yeah. think that'll become the norm for their expansions going forward because there's just too damned much content that has already been put out. And you're never going to sell games forcing people to revisit the old stuff. Yeah, and honestly, if you want to level a new character, there's... A wealth of content to do and that. It goes I don't know so that you need to add fast. anything more. Yeah. yeah, it's all there. Just don't focus on existing. That's not your product. Should be what did you release today? Right, right, right. So cup check. I hope that helps. I guess it also comes down to the fact that if it's something you're really excited about, it's the same with any game. If there's something that you're super excited about and you want to put the time into it, then then go for it. Right. However, just go go in with your eyes open, remembering that. This takes a lot of time. Yeah. It's something yeah. that you're going to spend a, a lot of time thing. doing. It is the same time but it's, vampire it's, it's enjoyable. It's really, right. There's no reason not to. Mm-hmm. No, this, as far as the garrisons in particular, total time holes. Um, <laughs> at, least, at least during their developmental phases. Um, I, I foresee a point in the not too distant future where they become more or less self maintaining and they just basically spit out resources all the time, which mm-hmm. I'm good with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're, they're pretty high maintenance, but fun high maintenance at the moment, anyway. Um, nice. The from from yet another Gawker site. Uh, this one from Jezebel.com, which I don't usually frequent, um, but this is a fun story. Video game reviewer. This is a woman who does uh, game reviews, which, as recent history has taught us, uh, is n- not necessarily a safe chair to occupy. Uh, she is contacting the mothers of her online harassers. Yes, that this, was awesome. This is the best kind of justice porn. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> well, I guess throughout, you know, when she started actually paying attention to some of the harassment she was getting, she started realizing that 
it, they weren't adults that were harassing her. Yeah. It was mostly young kids. And it was easy yeah. to tell who they were. Right. Because <laughs> they were dumb young kids. Right. And they were doing it on Facebook. Right. So she puts up a screenshot on her uh, blog or linked to it from uh, her Twitter account. Says, Sometimes young boys on Facebook send me rape threats. So I've started telling their mothers. And she puts down the, the transcript uh, of her interaction with the mother of one of these kids and, and the horrifying crap that uh, this young boy apparently sent her via Facebook. Um, with the response you would hope to hear from a parent when it's revealed that their child has been doing things like this on the internet of, I will deal with this. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's always a chance you're going to hit the, uh, the horrifyingly disgusting parent who's like, yeah, I so what? Them. Yeah, so what? I helped them type that. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but it's interesting to see someone reminding, hopefully during a, a young and impressionable phase, that it's not all anonymous and you shouldn't say things over the internet that you would not say to someone's face. Yeah. Cause well, the, the, the power of it is there's no accountability. Right. She exactly. was adding back in the accountability. And we need to find a way for that to be part part of the strength of the internet is its power to anonymize um and there's there's you know places in the world where that's absolutely vital sure um but we are not uniformly using our powers for good no well no so not everyone is a good soul i think this will be a never-ending battle uh, yeah and this is not but that was a very good way to counteract all that yeah. you know that was a, a really great solid way mm-hmm. to not not really get back at the kids because they were they're young so obviously they need some education here yeah. and who better to educate them than their parents one would hope one would hope <sighs> justice porn is the best porn <laughs> so uh esports is mm-hmm. maturing to the point where we're starting to have uh, cheating scandals. And yeah. Thinking, yeah, can you believe that? Seriously. Uh, apparently, Fnatic is the Black Sox of uh, Counter Strike Global Offensive. Um, well, that's how, how they've been portrayed. So, there was a CSGO uh, tournament, and one of the. Actually, if you go back and, and read a little more on this, both teams used this exact same gray area tactic. Um, mm-hmm. I think this one. Got a lot of press because it's got really good uh, video? Vi- video video snippets to go with it. <laughs> so just like regular media, if it's got a good sound bite or a good viral video, it's going to get more traction. Because um, if, if you cruise Reddit at all, you'll see there's always all kinds of weirdness going on with League of Legends and videos being posted. Oh, this guy's clearly hacking and botting or whatever. Um, but this was exploiting um, improper textures on a particular map. Mm-hmm. To boost a character, a sniper character, up to a vantage point that they might necess- not necessarily have been intended to be able to get up to. Absolutely, right. he was standing in midair. It certainly appeared to be, and that's uh, yeah. a they term it in in Counter Strike as pixel walking. Yeah. Um, and rather than, and basically the the officials came back and said. Both I mean, we reviewed all the all the point of view cameras from all participants in this match. Both sides did this at various times, so we're going to fix the map and have you guys replay the match. 
Right. And instead, the one team, Fnatic, uh, just withdrew from the competition and forfeit. Yep. Um, not sure what that says, other than they might just be saying... We're not good enough to beat you without cheating? Is that what that says? Or you've ignored it, or this has never been a problem before now. Why are you suddenly calling us out on this when everybody does this? Yeah, um, but if they're going to fix the map and give you a chance to win fairly... Yeah, it was a weird one. I mean, I think mm-hmm. they got a lot of negative press at the beginning because they were the ones that had the complaint filed against them. And right. so, and a lot of the community's reaction was, yeah, they're cheating. Because it was clear, um, clearly visible. And then the fact that the report came out and said, well, really, both teams were cheating. Um, That's not, that didn't get as viral for some reason. I don't think it was as viral. I think they basically had a lot of backlash against them. And so they just felt they needed to bow out. That's like, now we've, we've, mm-hmm. we've already been convicted in the court of public opinion. So, yeah. Right. No matter so, what we do, we're screwed. And, and, and one, of, one of the members of Fnatic pointed a, a, posted a Facebook response, basically said, F this community, um, I'm out. Yeah. Um, you, you guys, mm. it's basically criticizing the community for being quick to judge. You know, nine out of ten responses to this being death threats. Yeah, and of course. So, why? Well, seriously, so it's a game, it. right? I mean, a death threat really is that important? I just don't get that. These it's are the, the same. same with these the are the same twelve-year-olds from the previous story, though. You yeah. see, these people don't have these have people have control issues. Um, right. So, yeah. Well, I this mean, is why we can't have nice things. As an analogy to sports, I mean, look how many sports stars get death threats for their uh, yep. play. So well, hell, it, it, in, in international football, people have been outright killed. Yeah, they have been killed. Yeah, yeah. There was not so much Straight a Straight up murdered for their performance <laughs> on the field. Guarantee. So this may simply be a sign that esports are maturing into real sports with all the good and bad yep. that comes. Remember, never forget that the word fan comes from the root of the word fanatic. Fanatic. Right. Um, people do get rather fanatical about their love of their teams, and love of one team turns into anti-other team. Right. Uh, unfortunately, it seems to be human nature, and this is where we get crap like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not the most upbeat uh, article to read, but I, cert- I see it as a sign that esports is growing up yeah. and becoming more of a legitimate thing. So, unfortunately, this is the negative baggage that comes with that, but I'm cheering for it in that good exposure. People are putting a lot of energy into it, so it's hopefully it's going somewhere and will and will continue to grow uh, into the industry it could possibly be. We're hoping. Yeah. Yep. Without having, sure. Without having to do the death threat thing. Can we, can we scale that back a bit, please? I know you're all listening. Right. Uh, so, the uh, story of the holy crap uh, Kickstarter of Doom... Uh, that is Star Citizen. Mm-hmm. Latest stretch goal at the $64 million level. Don't we yeah. all wish our Kickstarters were hovering around that level? Because they, they, they long since funded. They've just been adding feature after feature with every million-dollar yeah. stretch goal. So, <laughs> apparently, they're, they're having a hard time coming up with legitimate uh, features to add because they've added <gasps> pets. Everything. Space pets. Space pets. <laughs> Now, seeing that you know, pet battles became a huge thing in World of Warcraft, which I totally do not understand. I'm not a child of Pokemon. I've never understood. Right. You know, that, one, that one passed me by, and despite me being the right, the right generation for it. For some reason, I just never got into it. I think I was just a little too old when it became the thing that it became. 
But uh, I like the reference they make in this uh, GameSpot article. Uh, where do we have here? Where do we go? I missed it. There we go. Um, you can expect traditional terrestrial options, dogs and cats, and exotic pets dreamt up for the game's universe. From Jones the Cat and Alien to Battlestar Galactica's Daggett, pets have a place on board starships. And my, my brain went, immediately went to space herpes. Um, <laughs> space AIDS. Space AIDS. But yeah. I also went to, ooh, that mean I can have a chest buster as a pet? Well, that'd be kind of cool. That would be cool. Like face a little facehugger yeah. sitting on your dash. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so I get it. Um, I, I need look no further than games like The Sims and 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 WoW, where the, where the pet collecting uh, subculture is a thriving thing. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that this would be one of their stretch goals. But let's, let's build the rest of the game and then add this. Okay, guys. Yeah. Well, they did. I know. They this, are. This is just. <laughs> what I mean, they gave us more money, so we're going to give you more stuff and more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's just going to be a fun, creative outlet when they can come up with the exotic pets when they dream up whatever yeah. the heck you want. Those exactly. are the best. Yeah, because the, the fun ones have been kind of the weirder ones in uh, mm-hmm. yeah, in the, the various games. But eh, props to Star Citizen for the... I just hope it uh, continues to deliver the awesomeness that it promises. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it has to actually come out. Yes. Um, since right now they only have a couple modules activated. Um, one being just walking around a hangar. Still needs that. But, I mean, at the same time, you know, I think other companies, uh, especially larger companies, have to start taking note of this and say, wow, there's apparently a gigantic market out there for space combat games that we've completely ignored for you know, 20 years. Where is my X-Wing V TIE Fighter for the 21st century? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, X-Wing and TIE Fighter both got released on GOG as uh, uh, the, you know, bundles for each one from the old days. Yeah. Which is nice. It would be nice to have it updated for the yeah. the modern, well, take, maybe take with, advantage of the modern graphical hardware. Maybe with episode seven coming out. We'll there you see, go. We'll uh, resurgence in that. Someone will pull it up. Watch Disney go into the video game market next. Although, I mean, they're already there. Disney Infinity is Sure, is sure. Huge. But I just think on a game console with an, you know, a 70-inch TV playing something like a space sim like X-Wing v. TIE Fighter, that would be pretty freaking awesome. And it wouldn't, pretty sweet. Yeah, wouldn't even need to be that deep of a game if they could optimize the network code well enough for you to play it head-to-head. I mean, it's yeah. just a good 3D dogfighting game set in the Star Wars universe. Take my money. Shut up and take oh, yeah. my money. <laughs> I will buy a console, and then I will buy the game to play on the console because that's that. That'll eat hours and hours of my time because I just I love loved and and would love to see a revival of that. Right. Absolutely. Because mm, that is how I roll. Okay, there was one other thing here. We got Supernatural. Stoof. Supernatural coming to Phoenix yeah. in the form of uh, a convention. Yeah. It's Creation Entertainment salute to Supernatural. The the show that uh, I'm, I'm of so many minds on this one because it is one of those things I don't like to see, which is a show that has overstayed its welcome. You, hey, speak for yourself, and then like millions and millions of fans are paying lots of money to go I, on this and show. I, and I don't understand that because <laughs> the last three seasons have been the same season three times in a row. Eh. 
Because I don't know. I'm still a fan. I still watch it. I still like it. I'm going to this con, so you know, and, and and I look at the lineup of people they've got coming, and I'm excited about it. These are people I'd be genuinely interested in hearing speak, and and you know, see see them take questions from the audience. And yet, I am annoyed by the presence of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's definitely it's a different con to the ones I've been to because the ones that we've been to, it's just you know lots of shows, lots. This is just for supernatural. It's only supernatural. Yep. It's, it, I think they have like seven or eight across the country um, per year, which is a ton. And they, it's everyone from the show. It's not like you get one or two stars from the show on a panel, or if you're really lucky and you're at San Diego, um, you get everyone from the show. But it. This one, you are guaranteed to get almost everyone, and I'm talking everyone no, from this show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen actors from the show. Yeah. yeah. Fourteen actors from the show. But then you get things like a lot of the actors from the show, they play instruments and they sing songs. So right. they're having a, a night where it's all. It's the band created from the sh- people from the show that's going to play one night. And then they get guest stars of, you know, the other stars that love to sing or play an instrument come and join them. You get to see that. There's a karaoke night that um, some of those, the stars put on. Um, I think it's the guy who played Gabriel and uh, the one who played John, young John. They put on a karaoke night, and it's a themed karaoke night. And then the stars come and sing karaoke too. And then you you can go up on stage and sing karaoke with them. No, so it's, it's a much kar- more personal karaoke kings. Karaoke is about to be reinvented by two guys who can't sing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dick and Matt's excellent adventure. Yep, I would sign up for this. See, this this looks like a ton of fun to me. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, we'll see. Uh, it's uh, February twenty second in Arizona, twentieth through the twenty second in Arizona. So, um. I I'll be there, so at least I can get some sort of reaction. But yeah, it sounds like a blast. So I'm curious to see what it is we said that has summoned forth the Barry Von Awesome to join us on the call. It's the supernatural thing, actually, ah. was what really kicked it off. Because I was going to say, if I know anything about the supernatural universe, this is just another reason for them to tie into the show that. Uh, they are, in fact, a fiction in their own universe, yes. and that somehow this convention will end up in an episode <laughs> of them going to a convention of themselves and freaking out. At, well, they've already I mean, done that. I know, but they're going to do it on a bigger scale. Well, this convention's been going on for years, so it's yeah, not like it's anything first. new. It's just oh, I've okay. never seen it personally, and it's now it's finally in coming Phoenix. to Phoenix. Yeah. No, I, I loved the, the self-referential bit where they had them, you know, meet and read their own fan fiction. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and made it the kind of legit part of, and an interesting part of the plot. And you, you still really don't know who the hell, what was the guy's name? Um, who was documenting them? Oh. Uh, this was a while back. Yeah. He was he, just he, like, oh, you mean Edlin Carver? Yeah, he, he vanished in a puff of light and was never seen again, right? It was uh, Chuck Shirley was the guy who wrote the books, the yeah. supernatural books. Yeah, they, they meet. Um, they, they tied it with, in a way that was better than what Stephen King did with the Dark Tower. Brought in you know the reality in into the show without breaking the show. Um, right. Yes. And, and, made, and made it sense. hilarious at the same time. Um, so I'm, I'm, and they've done that a couple of times with several with several 
shows where they've done um, and at, in just Supernatural where they've broken that sort of fourth wall, but mm-hmm. done it in a really great way. Yeah, they've had, they've had fun with it. You know, they brought the audience in on the joke. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, don't, I doubt that's why. I think they're just doing this to make a buck, but also it should just be tons of fun. I will likely be there with you. I'm just. I'm so divided, internally <laughs> divided on this one. Come to the dark side. <laughs> we have cookies. Exactly. No, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Like I said, it's very concentrated. So it's kind of like what I liked about PAX. Is PAX is very concentrated. Right. It's games, 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 games. Here is our here is our subject. We're going to do our subject well. Exactly. And this is even more concentrated. Mm-hmm. So anybody you meet at this convention, you know they're a fan. You know they're a fan. There's no way they're going to this convention and not be a fan. So it, I think the people there will be the best part. No, and, not, and, not the stars. Obviously, the stars. But you the being fans. you being there is what is what most attracts me to this whole idea. Because um, I expect you will be having a ton of fun, and by extension, we will be in in your reality distortion sphere, and, yes. and a good time will be had by all. I pull you along in my fun wake. In your fun singularity, that is Dax. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, yeah. you married her. You ought to know by now. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I, I, it'll be neat. We'll get more information on that later on as we... I would love to be able to do some sort of streaming, but I think that the people who run the con do all the interviews at the con. Mm-hmm. They don't do a really good job, though. No. I've been listening to some of their interviews, and they're, like, interviewing people right next to the stage where a panel uh-huh. is... Oh, yeah, yes. it's kind of crazy. So I don't know. I mean, it would be neat to go as media, but, you know, we'll see. Keep me posted. Mm-hmm. And finally, on today's show, uh, one of the better website URLs I've run into in recent history, uh, ChristmasShenanigans.com. <laughs> you like that, right? <laughs> Manly, and this, again, this is a direct segue from the previous story. Manly <laughs> Supernatural Stonehenge Random Axe Christmas. Right. Um, what is this Christmas devilry? So this is actually something Misha Collins is putting on. And I love all things Misha because that guy is such a cool guy. But um, he uses something called Stage It, which is actually really neat. Um, Have you heard of Stage It before? I have not. (laughs) So what Stage It is, is it allows um, artists of any type to put on a show virtually where they're they can pick where they're gonna they can do it from their house if they want um they can pick the amount that they want you to pay to see them and then they they put on a show for you so they're going to be using not only they'll, they'll be putting on a live show at um a, a club called king king in hollywood so if you were in that area I would absolutely go see it. But if you can't, they're using Stage It and you donate, you know, let's say I think it's $20 to to view it virtually. And all the money goes to those artists, you know. Well, most of the money goes to the artists. What they're doing in this case is the money is going to Random Acts of Kindness, which is the um, nonprofit um, charity that uh, Misha Collins um, put together. So... One of the guys that's the guy that's performing, his name is Jason Manns, and he's done some songs that have come up in Supernatural, and he does a lot of these conventions with them, and he's a really good singer. But for his Christmas album, he gets a lot of the artists from Supernatural to come and sing with him. Nice. So they're kind of putting on this little show where you can either go there live or view it virtually. And um, again, all the money goes to 
random acts. And they do. It's Misha Collins. You know he's going to show up in some crazy Christmas outfit, possibly in female form. Who knows? Yes. With that guy. You never know. That's just how he rolls. That's just how he rolls. So, yeah. So there'll be that. And you're watching, it's just watching a really the picture way. scrolling on the site when it goes Misha Collins with a pair of underwear on his head. And then, yeah. 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 He kind of tells you what this guy. is all about. All you need to know in one single photo. <laughs> There's a costume contest and everything, too. But I just think it's a really neat stage, especially for like local artists. You know, if you have if you have a local band, that's really, really great. This is a way for them to get out there, charge, you know, 10 bucks for people to view you online, put a cute little um, set together and make a little bit of money. Well, this is what the Internet is good at, helping people find their audience. I mean, that's, yeah. that's why podcasting exists as a thing. Um, exactly. And had a lot of discussions, you know, about how that that changes everything up, and the, the same kind of resistance that the video industry is putting up, that the music industry tried to put up, you know, tried to deny that digital has changed everything, and because you know, the music industry was used to being in charge of the keys to the kingdom, where if you want to be a rock star, you got to go through us because we control access to how you distribute. If you want to get on the radio station, you got to become our bitch. And those days are gone because you can yeah. go with the Jonathan Colton model of just put it out there and find enough of an audience. You don't have to be a megastar. Most people had to be megastars because their sliver cut of it was so tiny after the record labels took all of it. Yeah. To even make a living, they had to be super mega huge. Here, you can be moderately popular and put food on the table. Yeah. Promote yourself. Ta-da. It's- Thank you, Internet. Yeah. And so I think this is them, them building this platform to allow people to do exactly that without having necessarily having the technical knowledge to do it themselves. Hmm, someone should do that for like nerdy radio and video. I should get on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was definitely, it's definitely a neat way for you to get your name out there. If, mm-hmm. you know, again, I just thought it was a neat thing to do. I bought the virtual package to see what it's all about because I've never done it before. Mm-hmm. So, so we'll have to see. You know, it's right over in Hollywood. You could actually make it there in person. Oh, uh, I know. It's too far, though, and it's Christmas, and I'm in retail, and that's not going to happen. But there are 225 spots available. Only mm-hmm. 225 because it's a very intimate setting. Um, Misha so, will, in fact, be sitting on your hand. Yeah. Yes. She, he might, possibly. It could totally happen. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's, that's how we roll. So, oh, the other thing we wanted to talk about Jeez. is Black Friday, just really quick. In all of its uh, consumer Blackness. glory, huh? Yeah. Yes. Well, I, have, I have something to say about that, too. Yes. Yeah, go for it. Um, the thing that's going to keep me out of playing World of Warcraft, Black Friday. I bought a PS4 on uh. Amazon because they were price matching. Uh, it'll get here Tuesday. It's the bundle with Grand Theft Auto uh, Five. I'm... I don't think I'm going to be leaving the house other than going to work. So remember to eat and bathe. Exactly. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> At no. least eat. Sleep. Sleep, sleep uh. helps. So one of our greatest finds for Black Friday, and this was all Grail. Grail scoped this out and got it all for us. And it's, we, we made some amazing purchases. I'm not going to lie. And they're bigger purchases, but the best purchase. Yeah. So I found this be through use of Reddit and careful, you know, staying up really late, basically. Um, so my favorite MMO that I've never played is Eve Online. Okay. Uh, just because I love the stories that come out of it. And I think it's a great, conceptually, it's a great place to create, you know, user content because it's a giant sandbox. Uh, 
They released on Amazon their 10-year anniversary collector's edition for $50. It's normally $150. And then Amazon had a coupon for $50 off. (laughs) So I got two of those for nothing. And the first one came today because one of our accounts has a prime on it. Right. And it is weighs a ton. You get it. It comes with just so much crap. It has like a model of one of their spaceships that's good, probably about a foot uh, in length. Uh, has a little stand for it. And it's a four port USB hub. Nice. That lights up. It comes with a massive art book. Uh, the board game that they created initially to f- help fund the creation of EVE Online comes along with it. Uh, a bunch of digital content, the soundtrack for the game, as well as uh, the game itself in 60 days of playtime. Nice. Wait, so, can you backtrack for one second? Did you yeah. say it arrived today? Did it come from oh, the post yeah. office or FedEx? Or? No, it was FedEx. Oh, interesting. Sunday delivery. All right. Never mind. Oh, yeah. A lot of places do that now. But, yeah, yeah, it's uh, so the first one came. The other one will probably come this week. And, yeah, it was crazy deal. I I couldn't believe it when I first saw it. I'm like, really? Is there some catch here? Am I signing up for a credit card? Nope. (laughs) You got the whole shebang for nothing. It's like, that was awesome. (laughs) Yes. Call me. Not that I have time to play you online. No, no, I know. I mean, it may be something I'll dick around with, but just the amount of just having the cool little Starship now going to be sitting up there. I just got to get a little bit longer cable mm-hmm. to actually hook it up to my computer, and then I have the Starship four-port hub sitting next to me. Because you can. Exactly. Right. Speaking of dicking around with video games, uh, I did start broadcasting on Twitch every once in a while when I'm really bored and no one's been watching me. So if I could plug my Twitch channel... So that maybe one person could show up and watch me play Hearthstone, and maybe next week I'll be playing Grand Theft Auto Five on there. Uh-huh. <laughs> there it's Twitch.tv/slash Barry Von Awesome. Barry Von Awesome. Yeah, now, I will give a quick plug. So, Aridin and myself started playing Payday Two. Oh, that yeah. game is a just crazy amount of fun. So it's on sale still on Steam. Grail has said words about games. Yes. Now, one quick last thing right before we wrap up here. Uh, we have the stealthily added cup check to the call. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing all right. So, um, um, I was just wanting to know if y'all heard anything about the Walmart Amazon scam. I did see some articles about that where people were using Amazon selling accounts to put up fake listings of things like PlayStation 4s for eighty nine ninety nine, <laughs> and then using that as evidence for Walmart's online price matching, and, and apparently a fair amount of scamming was done before it was halted. Well, really? I, mm-hmm. I was not aware of this going on until Black Friday when people were asking if Kmart, which is my employer, mm-hmm. asked me if we price matched. Interesting. Uh, so it's like, no, man, we don't. And it's like, well, I guess I'll have to go to Walmart then because I know they price match and Amazon has a PS4 for eighty nine ninety nine. Uh-huh. Click. Yeah, Damn. right. Wow. Yeah, there there was you know, some evidence posted of you know, photos of, of receipts uh, apparently you know, watching PS4s walk out the door for 90 bucks. Um, 
and but they've since become aware and have trained their people better as to you know, what what is what and is they, genuine. Amazon. They reworded their price matching thing that it has to be a legitimate right uh, price, not a. Uh, posted by user thing right and that's weird that that lady called you on black friday because they put the kibosh on that like a week plus before that well they were hoping that kmart <laughs> wasn't aware of it and if kmart did have an online price matching policy they were going to try and yeah. scam them that's yeah. just sad yep. no i worked in retail in the mid nine mid to late 90s when price matching kind of first became a thing and there were people in there constantly, because I worked in the electronics and appliance departments, constantly trying to work that system to do a price match and then you know, apply additional discounts that you, people are constantly trying to work the system to their advantage. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, We can, we can never have nice things at this point. Sadly, no, because people have gotten too good at... Uh, sharing the wrong kind of information with each other and encouraging them to do things like, hey, let's try and effectively steal PS4s from a retailer. Not that I have any particular warm, fuzzy feelings towards Walmart, um, but uh, a scam is a scam is a scam. Exactly. All right. Thank you for the call, Cupcheck. No problem. And the email. Um, Apparently, I will be seeing you around Azeroth then. Yes, you will, at least for the next 30 days. What server do you play on? Doom Hammer. Ah, okay. I'm over on uh, Earth and Ring. You, what, uh, what's, what's, what do you think you're going to dust off? Are you going to start a, one of your new boosts to 90s, or are you going to dust off an old character? Well, uh, because I happen to have the battle chest, I'm playing on the free month that was given to me off the uh, upgraded starter account. Gotcha. So uh, I'm eventually going to take Kalori, which is my 86 mage, off of my main account, and then boost him to 90, and then just go all ham until I hit 100. Well, the intro series of quests and cinematics that get you into Draenor are really well done and tons of fun. So look forward, look forward to that. Um, I'm just looking forward to jumping in and playing with everyone again. I will see you out on Battle.net. See you there. All right, you all have been Ooh. listening to Casually Hardcore. That is 90 minutes of your life. You just ain't getting back. See, we're being kind to you. We're only taking 90 minutes instead of you know, 120. You're I so know, nice. so much nicer. We are being nice to you people. You can find <laughs> us on the internet, alphageekradio.com, and Facebook, Twitter. We are all over those things like a rash as well. Just do a search on Facebook for Casually Hardcore or Alpha Geek Radio. You will find us easily on Twitter. The network is Alpha Geek Radio. The show is Hardcore Casuals. I am on there as Gnomewise. Daxa is there as Daxa C H. That's D A K S A C H. And Grail is on there as Izzy Grail. I Z Z Y G R A I L. Send your emails to the show at alphageekradio.com. Check out our sister feeds, Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek Interviews, on the main site. If you like what we're doing here and you feel you get good value, we work on the value for value model here. Head over to patreon.com slash alpha geek and become a patron. Send us, you know, 50 cents a month, a buck a month, whatever you feel is worthy and help keep the network rolling and keep the shows coming. You can listen on your mobile devices using the tunein.com app. Just search within the app for Alpha Geek Radio. You'll find all four of our channels represented there in wonderful mobile listening, live streaming glory. If you want to support the network in a wonderful Black Friday holiday kind of way, if you're going to be buying something from Amazon, simply begin your search for your items with the Amazon.com widgets on the front page of AlphaGeekRadio.com. There's one there for the UK, one there for the US. 
and we will get a cut of your final purchase without it costing you anything extra or affecting your sale in any way. That's a wonderful way to support the network and the show without actually costing you anything other than the extra effort of coming to alphageekradio.com ahead of time. And we appreciate it. We should be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. I have been Gnomewise. I have been Dexa. And I've been Grail. And we are hopefully without me cutting it off at the wrong time. Sunny. Wow.